Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Come on. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Save the Lord. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to be with you tonight. A lot of people are texting me already and let me know they're listening. And a lot of a lot of our regulars are texting me. 
you can if you're irregular, you can text me seven oh one two nine zero seven eight six two. If my voice sounds a little funny, I kinda lost my hearing this afternoon. I took my motorcycle out for about a hundred and thirty mile ride on the interstate and uh it was so windy that my ears are just ringing. And so I'm definitely not going to play my guitar. If I sound funny, tell me. I mean, like, text me if I sound funny, because I, I sound funny <laughs> to myself. But it was like 90 degrees here, and I just thought, you know, who knows if it's going to be that nice again. So there was a little girl named Essie that was having a birthday party in Beach, and I thought, well, I'll run her out of presents. So my wife didn't want to go, so I just drove out to Beach and back on my 2009 Kawasaki Concourse. It's built for the highway. And then I rode my electric bicycle down to the studio tonight. So anything with two wheels and a motor, Pastor Bob likes. I'm not a dog guy. I'm not a cat guy. Um, You know, I don't want hair on my floor. I don't want poop on my floor. But I do like motorcycles and electric bicycles. So anyway, I'm trying to figure out a way to justify owning them. My mom wishes I'd get rid of my motorcycles. And, Mom, when I get really old, I might just go down to the electric bicycle. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. That's the former Elks building. We bought that, the entire upper floor, and we own part of the bottom floor. And uh, we uh, got a church that will seat 500 people. And we don't have it filled up yet, but we're working on it. We've got a church in Beach that we are getting a building ready for. So they right now they're only having Tuesday services. Beach is about 60 miles to the west of us in Dickinson, North Dakota. And then in Bowman, on Thursday nights and Sunday mornings, we have a daughter work, its own autonomous church now down there in Bowman. And so... We're branching out. In fact, some of the Bowmanites are listening tonight. Um, Yvonne and Marin are listening tonight. Um, somebody said I sound normal. Good. Well, everybody's saying I sound normal. Good. Okay. I, to, you know, have you ever lost your hearing? Like if you were shooting a pistol or something, and you couldn't. It just. I, I have a ringing in my ears that's just driving me absolutely crazy. But as long as I'm sounds okay, I guess we'll just keep on going. Um, Hey, brother Del Count. He just texted me, listening tonight. Good to hear your. Good to hear from you too. Dayton, Ohio. We've got. Uh, let's see who else. Who who else is listening? Let me look, let me just look through these and do some shouts out. Tim, in North Carolina. We've got Becky listening tonight. Becky Stoner. We've got um, uh, Doug, brother Doug Fuller, listening. We've got brother Joe in Texarkana, Arkansas. Carl is listening tonight. Maybe Jeannie, too. All right. That sounds good. We've got um, Lori from South Hart listening. We have Stacy listening from Minot. Nathaniel's listening from Park River. And so um, Brother Johnson is listening tonight. Where are you at? He's always on the move. We've got Brother Jones. He preached here last Sunday and last Wednesday, and uh, he and I... Uh, and our wives did a little trip last week, so we kind of got away. Brother Griffith listening tonight. And as I said, Yvonne and Marin are listening. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. 701-290-7862. 
Brother Jones, he said his ears are still hurting from our trip, but I that doesn't normally happen to to me. But Sister Bretz is listening tonight. Good to have her tuned in. We had a great service today, new visitors there, so I was excited about that. And um, let's see, what else do I need to tell you? Um, that's about it. Wednesday night we have a special speaker at our church, Brother Leverton from... Is he from Texas, or is he from Oklahoma? Where's Brother Leverton from? Somebody tell me that. And then next Sunday, a week from today, we have a Brother Ben Lee speaking. He's a minister from our church, and he and his wife are moving to Jamestown, and so he's preaching kind of a farewell message. And then next Sunday will be our church meal. So we always have a church meal on the first Sunday of the month, and it's called Friendship Sunday. And we have the meal because we want everybody to come. And uh great time <coughs> to try our church. That That's one service for Pastor. Well, you know what? I'm not preaching, so I can't promise this. But usually Pastor Simons is always nice on Friendship Sunday. He always says nice things. Well, tonight I'm going to speak about, even though my, my voice is <laughs> driving myself crazy, I'm going to speak about uh, something that I talked about in church that was very interesting. We have... Um, uh, a couple men that we went to our church campground committee meeting up at, at our church camp, uh, Brother Paulson, uh, the co-pastor from our Bismarck Church, and Brother McGelkey, who is, is one of the ministers in our Bismarck Church. And we traveled together from Bismarck to our church camp, which is north of Harvey and back. And we spent most of the time talking about the subject matter that I'm going to present to you. And so I got a lot of input from them which I'll incorporate tonight. Numbers thirteen thirty through 33 is where I'd like to start. This is my text that I took in church today. It says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that are that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. And I'll get back to that scripture in a minute. But here's what my topic is on tonight. Perception becomes your reality. But is it true? Perception becomes your reality. And so how you perceive things is what you believe. For instance, uh, look at this division that's going in our country about COVID-19, for instance. You know, there are many people that feel like it's, it's you know, most of the country is going to die from it. Uh, they feel like... Um, Everybody should get the vaccine and wear masks, you know, and then and there's intelligent people that believe that. A lot of intelligent people believe that. Then there's also intelligent people that believe it's it's a flu and we just need to get through it and, you know, we'll be stronger because of it, because of our immune systems and so on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on that side of it, but you know, I'm I think I'm smart enough to realize that when there's two sides to something like this, I don't claim to be a doctor, and I don't claim to be an expert, and I don't claim to know everything. 
But I do know that because I think a certain way, that I'll find facts that will back up my way of thinking. And if you think the opposite way on COVID-19, you'll find facts, and I've got both of those facts in parentheses, <laughs> you can't see that, but in my head I do, that will back up the, the idea that everybody should get this vaccine, whether you've had COVID or not. This program is not going to discuss that tonight, but I will tell you this, that Pastor Bob is not an expert on infectious disease. And most of the people that work at the news media are not either. But we will always find what we're looking for. And that's kind of dangerous in some ways. Uh, You're going to find facts to substantiate your theories. To prove or, or to back up what you already think is true. Um, and these ideas that we have are influenced by our own thinking, maybe the way we were raised or who we were raised around or what we were told when we were young, and also they're affected by who we hang around with now because we are all sponges and we all are affected by you know, our peers were affected by our culture. Um, you know, I mean, look at look at um, how how just in the last few years, how people say things like, um, "I'm not sure if I'm a boy or a girl." Well, that's that's not been like that ever. You know, it's everybody has always kind of known that answer, but now. People are affected by people <coughs> saying that there are more than two genders. I heard of a boy that got kicked out of college because he, he told his professor there's only two genders, <laughs> you know, men and women. And he didn't, I don't know if he got permanently kicked out or just expelled for a while, but he, I guess you can't say that anymore. And I just did. You know why? Because it's a tell it like it is radio show, right? You know, so who you hang around with, whether physically or even in cyberspace, can affect what you believe about things. Um, you know, for instance, somebody said, you know, the Amish people didn't have COVID-19. And they said, well, why is that? Because they didn't have televisions. <laughs> in other words, they didn't hear about it every day like everybody else. You know, I, I don't have a television either. What a blessing that is. And, and you know what? If you want me to help you get rid of yours, I can just come over and with my van, and we can load it up and take it out to the junkyard. That was one of the best things we ever did. But others can influence us. Look at these ten spies in our text in Numbers 13. Now, God had promised the Israel, the nation of Israel, that you can have this promised land. He told them, go in. Well, they went in to spy it out. And I'm not sure why they did that. But anyway... They went in to spy it out, and 10 of the 12 spies came back and said, there's some big people in the land, and these are men of great stature, great height, great giants, big people. These, these people, the sons of Anak, were just a culture of big, big men. And they said, we saw these men, and we were grasshoppers in our own sight compared to them, and in their sight too. And these ten spies, even though Caleb and Joshua tried to talk everybody into doing what God said, these ten spies influenced 
people and changed reality. They changed perception of the people. In other words, God said you can do it. But these ten spies convinced the people they couldn't do it. So there is, you know, we listen to others, and it can change what we think is real. And what we think is real, what I think is real, what you think is real, may not necessarily be real. Like, like for instance, I, I better just keep going here because I don't know if I'll have time to finish this. A lot of people texted me tonight. Um, you know, this, this um, false realities, in other words, perceptions, perceiving things that are not true, can destroy marriages. It can destroy careers. I mean, some people might think, nobody at my work likes me. Well, that, that may not be true. Um, you're, you know, <laughs> you can have a false reality, false perception of marriage, of your marriage spouse. Uh, you, you can, you know, this, this, uh, there are like, for instance, you know, the Bible, you know, the psalmist said, when I consider the heavens and the work of your hands, what is man that you are mindful of him? You know, uh, Paul talked about how the heavens declare the glory or excuse me, psalmist said the heavens declare the glory of God. Um, Romans talks about how you know the, the 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 natural things nature shouts to us speaks to us that there is a god but if your perception is wrong then you think that it just all happened out of a non-intelligent design just some kind of big explosion hurtled you know millions and millions of planets and suns and stars into the solar system and some of them had the right conditions for life and it just by chance happened now that's your perception. That's your reality. You really believe that. Some of you that are listening, I don't believe that. But you can actually think yourself sick, for instance. Your perception can make you sick. You know, especially, I think, in some of the mental illnesses, but I'll, maybe I'll get to that here in a minute. But um, you know, for instance, this COVID thing. There, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I know it's high. There are many people that show signs of COVID that immediately rush off to the emergency room. Well, somebody tell me. I mean, somebody that's even for for COVID prevention, look up on the CDC and text me tonight. But is it is it like the people that contract COVID-19 and die, is it is it five out of a thousand? I know it, I don't, is it, is it, is it as high as one out of a hundred? I, I don't know. I don't think so. And usually, it, it, let's just say it's two out of a hundred that contract COVID and maybe they're over 70. So why are you rushing to the hospital because you lose your sense of taste and smell? Well, because people, you know, they you can worry yourself sick. There's a so a couple that comes to our church that has a daughter that lives in Florida, and she, you know, had symptoms of COVID. She called the ambulance. The ambulance drivers came. Sure enough, she had COVID. And the ambulance drivers told her, "You probably should just stay home and and rest." <laughs> and they left. 
you know, there, there is, you know, calm down a little bit. You know, I mean, like, I think it was more dangerous to drive to beach and back on my motorcycle than it is to have COVID. But you can actually think yourself sick, and you can actually think yourself well. Has anybody ever heard of the concept of a placebo? Like a placebo is a supposed drug that isn't a drug at all. But they tell you it is, and they say when you take this, you're going to get better. And the placebo effect of drugs is very, I think it's been very well studied out, especially some of the mental illness drugs. This drug will make you feel better. Oh, I feel better. You see, but perception becomes reality. And that's why tonight, this is such an interesting topic for me. I hope I get through it, because if I don't, it's not going to make any sense. But (coughs) perception, like your reality that you have, you may not be a liar, but you might be totally wrong. Because you are viewing the world through a lens that is skewed. And and mental illness many times um, is, well, I know this will get me in trouble, but let me just say it anyway. Mental illness, not all the time, but many times is based on believing wrong things. Believing wrong realities. You know, uh, believing that nobody likes you. You know, uh, believing that everyone's against you and maybe you're full of... I believe, personally, that self-pity is the root of many mental illnesses. And 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 really, uh, selfishness is the root of all addictions. I believe that. You know, you say, no, I'm addicted, you know, I'm chemically addicted, I'm an alcoholic. No, you're selfish. I wish I could say it in a little nicer way, but maybe saying it like that will help you. But you see, if you believe that you have a chemical imbalance and that's why you're a drug addict, that becomes your reality and that is not true. The reason you are a drug addict is because you're selfish and you like the feeling of being high more than you like your children, your spouse, your job, and your citizenship in the United States. You're selfish. I I don't know why I said all that. Maybe you do. (laughs) You know, maybe I hope I get out of here without somebody trying to get me. But, but this so, but reality, oh, you know what? I'm going to play a song and read some text here. Uh, we named this program after this song probably 23 years ago when we started it, and it's called Tell It Like It Is. Preacher man, preacher man, don't tell me no lies. That believe and you're saved, the judge which comes televised. That fable may make money to the fornicating Jimmy, but the message of salvation is the one that you should give me. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. 
They told me I was saved when I ate the dough God host. But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost. They said that I could get it with a tap on the head. But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. That I'm fine and should put away my fears I bought that lie before it only goosey-goosey my ears It's hypocrisy so thick that now I want to puke it And I'm sorry, my friend, if that offends your hermeneutic Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Lots of texting tonight, and a lady named Lori texted me. That's a very special lady to me, my wife. She thought I used better examples in church this morning, so she says, use those examples. I probably will. The um, We've got Jody listening to Harvey. We Let's see, who's listening? we got Jody Shalista. And all the kids, Gunner, Amory, Uriah, Skyly, Evely, Fletcher, and Amber, except Malachi's not listening. He's spending the night with Papa. We've got um, what Brother Fuller always has words of wisdom. Wisdom. Um, <laughs> Pastor Bob's going to tell you like it is. He's not going to give you the cheese whiz because he wants you to pass life's quiz. How did I do? He's a, He's a kind of a rapper, and I can't. I'm not really a rapper, but anyway, I tried. We're talking about how, uh, thanks for all the texting to 701-290-7862. We're talking about how the um, our, our perceptions can affect our reality. You know, um, like for instance, you can begin to think begin to think that people don't like you. And then you'll find facts to back it up. Like, for instance, our church. We've got this really neat church full of families, young people, children, old people, um, people from all kinds of different backgrounds. Some people will come to our church and say, that is the friendliest church in all the world. I felt like family there. Other people could visit our church and say, you know, they're kind of cliquish. You know, nobody talked to me. You know, they, they all seem to be friends with each other. Now, it's the same church. It's the same group of people. It's the same Sunday. We had a brand new visitor in church today, sat on the back row. I observed a bunch of people from our church coming up to him, talking to him, getting to know who he is. I think inviting him to sit with them even. Um. And I bet he left there thinking, I hope he left there thinking, what a friendly church. But it's your perception. Some people walk into a Pentecostal church and love it. Some people walk into a Pentecostal church and say, man, I felt uncomfortable there. 
some backsliders will come back to church, or they won't come to church because they're thinking, what's everybody thinking of me? You know, like, what are they going to say if I come back? Well, I can't speak for all Pentecostal churches, but I can for ours. And I know what we'll say if you come back. Like, hooray, you know, excited, yeah, wonderful. You know, makes our day. You know, I'm, I, it was the highlight of the church service that you were there. And I'm dead serious. We love you. But perception becomes your reality. Like, if the preacher's preaching about homosexuality and you're a homosexual, you might think that he doesn't like you. But that's not true. He really does like you. He really wants to help you. He He's trying to show you that you need to ask God's help and his power to help you escape from this because this is contrary to the plan of God for your life. You know, see, <clears throat> this is... The perception is everything. And in this particular area of perception about... I don't think people really like me. It's very difficult to change people's perception when it comes to this area. You know, I mean, it's very, very difficult. Once you believe that people are against you or a group of people doesn't like you, like you might come home and tell your parents, nobody at the school likes me. Everybody's bullying me. Well, that is your perception. But is it true? Are they bullying you, or are they trying to get you to belong to their group? Which sometimes kids do by teasing you. You know, sometimes, well, I don't know exactly how girls do it, but guys give each other a bad time. And the reason they do it is because they're reaching out a hand and say, hey, come and join with us. We want you to be in our group. And so the response is to give them a bad time back. That's how it works. But if your perception's right, like one of the things, and I I hope my mom's listening tonight, but one of the things my parents did right raising me is I grew up thinking that everybody likes me. My parents uh, were very supportive. I think they were my biggest fans. Now, I'm not telling you that, you know, I mean, I, my, we were teasing my mom last night that... You know, I probably should have learned to do the dishes and wash my clothes. But, and I'm just teasing her now. But this this idea that when I walk into a room, I assume people will like me. And so that becomes the reality. I assume that. Now, possibly it may not be true, but... This other, that nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I think I'm going to go eat worms, this will destroy your life. This will destroy your walk with God. You'll begin to be suspicious of the people that really do love you. So, um, we've got to be so careful on these things. Text me tonight, 701 Zero seven eight six two. My friend, Pastor Chuppy is listening, and uh, I'm. They call me Pastor Bob on the radio, but once you get in our church, they all call me Pastor Simons. So Pastor Bob is just kind of like my radio handle. But 
at church, a lot of them call me Pastor Simons. Pastor Chuppies, our pastor from our Bismarck church, he's listening tonight. That's that's good. I'm glad he's listening. Uh, we've got the Lees are tuned in. They're listening tonight. And um, this program, Brother Chuppy, is kind of a result of two of the great minds in your church. We were all talking about this on our way to the church campground committee meeting, uh, Brother Melgelke, Brother Paulson. You know, this idea, now, the scripture that they brought up is not, Brother Paulson, this is not a good scripture. As he thinketh at his heart, so is he. That, that scripture doesn't work for this topic. You can study it out. I studied it out. That's not what Proverbs is talking about there. But the scripture in Numbers where it says, the children of Israel said, we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came come up of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. In other words, they, who probably didn't talk to these sons of Anak, they had in their, they said the sons of Anak think we're grasshoppers. Well, the truth is, the, the, the people in the promised land were afraid of the nation of Israel. It was just the opposite. They were scared of the nation of Israel coming in. But somehow, some way, their perception got changed. Which gets me to my next point. You can think of yourself as a failure because you've already lost the battle before you started to fight. You know, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. In other words, we th- we thought we were dinky little people. And they thought we were dinky little people too. Well, how do you know what they're thinking? You know, this... You've got to be careful. <clears throat> you know, um, one of the, I'm going to, let me, I'll, let me just digress for a minute, but I just thought of this, but I, one of the, one of the really bad side effects of meth, amphetamine, is paranoia. One time I was at the jail and, or I was, I don't think I was at the jail. I got a call from the jail saying, Pastor Bob, can you come up here? There's a guy that we want you to talk to. He needs help. So I came up to the jail, and uh, they wouldn't let me in the cell with the guy, but we talked through this little window in the door. Now, what had happened is this guy was in, he was in heavy paranoia. And a good policeman here in Dickinson found a reason to arrest him. He didn't make up one. He just found a reason to arrest him because he knew that this guy was in bad condition, like he shouldn't be out wandering around. And so they, they put him in jail for a couple nights. And he was convinced, when I talked to him, that the people at work were trying to kill him. He said they would look at each other and smile. They'd look my way and smile. He said they were plotting to kill me. And then he said, I came up to the jail, and he said, some of the guards are in on it, too. They're planning on killing me. And I called him my name. This is a guy that I knew for my jail services. And I called him my name. I said, do you know who I am? He goes, yeah, you're Pastor Bob. I said, do you trust me? He said, yeah, I trust you. I said, this is not real. This is in your head. No, it isn't, Pastor Bob. It's not. They're they're really trying to kill me. The people at work are trying to kill me, and now the guards are trying to kill me too. I said, it's not real. And he would not believe me. And when you begin to think that you've already lost before you try, it's very, very hard to convince people. You know, that's how 
our perception influences our reality. And then the excuses come, like we can't do this. You know, we're not able to do this. Excuses happen when we begin to believe the lies that others have told us or, or the lies that we've chosen to tell ourselves. It becomes our reality. Ooh, I feel like my head's in a box. Pastor Bob, 701-290-7862. Text me some words of wisdom.
Tear Down the Walls. That's by Bill Farron, the evangelist, great evangelist Bill Farron. And um, I don't know if he's listening tonight, but might, I might end our song with a bumper song and play the... Uh, can't, I can't decide which one would go better with this, the captain or I'm thankful off of his CD, but we'll see. We're talking about perception reality and how some people's reality is not true, but it's based on the way they perceive things. So, like, like for instance, um, many years ago I was working for a, a company, a siding company, and I thought they treated me pretty good. And um, and I was telling one of the other men that worked for this company, we were having lunch. He was a window installer, and I was one of their siders. And I was telling him that. I said, I think that this – I'm going to kind of not say his name, but I don't know why because I could say his name. But I think that he treats everybody really good. He's got a lot of employees. And and I said, he – I said, he um, – I've even heard – that sometimes he's bought one of his employees a pickup, and uh, if they had a pickup go down, and this man looked at me, he said, "You know why he does that, don't you?" I said, "No, because he loves to control people." And no matter what I said, this guy's perception of our boss was different than mine. <clears throat> like he, he had a bad perception of all leadership or authority. I think. This this concept, what I'm talking to you about today, you've got to you've got to be careful. You know, you've got to be careful. Like I say, the church that loves you the most, you might think doesn't love you at all. Because if a church loves you enough to tell you the truth and stick their neck out and tell you the truth, that's a church full of love. That's a parent full of love. That's a teacher full of love. You know, People that don't love you and don't care about you won't tell you the truth. And what I'm going to just delve into next is like that. You know, many people use the slogan, well, Pastor Bob, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And they use it over and over and over and over and over again. And this, now, let me just say this as a disclaimer. I think we all need to remember where God brought us from. Yes, we were sinners saved by grace. We weren't worthy. We didn't deserve it. So I believe that. But <clears throat> this perception becomes a reality. In other words, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I had an affair, but, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, I mean, aren't you a sinner? I'm a sinner. Aren't you one? I mean, that's what people will say. I didn't have an affair, by the way, but <coughs> but they'll they'll say things <clears throat> like maybe they're lying, and you say you're lying. Well, yeah, okay, I I did tell a lie, but you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Are are we to remain sinners saved by grace? Is that where we're supposed to stay? Is that your reality? I mean, is that how you perceive, is that what you perceive the Bible to say when it doesn't say that? And it says so many things just the opposite of that? 
you know, the Bible talks about living righteously and that we were called to be saints. You know, I think it's time to take a step forward. I think maybe, why don't you say this? I used to be a sinner. I was saved by grace, and now I'm a saint. The word saint means the holy ones or the called out ones. Like, why are you being so fatalistic? I'm a sinner. I mean, why why are you doing this? Because he's given us the power in 1 John and all over the New Testament to overcome sin. We don't have to live this. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound, Paul said in Romans? He said, God forbid. Like, no, you don't, you don't have to keep living that way. You could have victory in Jesus, our Savior, you know, forever. I mean, does anybody believe that out there? Or are you just going to always be a sinner saved by grace? No, just a, just a loser, you know, but God loves me anyway. You mean you can't be a winner? See, this, I just brought this up as a perception, or as a, as a, this is a religious perception that has become a reality. And that's why in the Bible Belt, the divorce rate is just as high as it is in any other place in the nation. Because even there's, though there's a church on every corner, their perception of what it is to be a Christian is not correct. And then it becomes a reality, and if you challenge somebody on this, they'll say, what, are you not a sinner? Oh, so you're saying you're perfect, Pastor Bob? Well, I didn't say that. But I do believe that we can live righteously. I do believe that, you know, when God delivered me from drug addiction, you know, 43 years ago, never been back to it. I, you know, I say, are you bragging? I don't know, maybe bragging on God. I, I don't know what I'm doing. But it's time for you to take a step forward. I kind of turned a corner there, didn't I? Brother Jones, am I doing all right? I mean, this, <coughs> like, how about say this? I used to be a sinner. I was saved by grace. And now I'm a saint. Do you know that many of the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament, he, he never started one of the letters out by saying this. To those in Colossae, that were sinners saved by that are sinners saved by grace. To those in Philippi that are sinners saved by grace. To those in Ephesus, to to the sinners that are saved by grace. But in Colossians one and two, he said to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. Philippians one one, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi. Ephesians one one says to the saints which are at Ephesus. Romans 1.7 says to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. You see, what is your perception of what it is to be a Christian? Is it, I became a Christian and I said the sinner's prayer, but I live exactly like everybody else? Is that your perception? Because that's going to be your reality. You know, it, it really is. Now, here again, I'm not trying to tell you that I or my friends are perfect. You know, we, we have a human body. 
If we don't stay on top of this, if we, the Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I believe that I have the opportunity to do right and to live right and to serve God and to not go back. But I'm not telling you I don't have the, I'm not saying I don't have the potential to go back. I do. Because I'm a human. But I'm really kind of tired of this religious stuff. You know, like, like in other words, well, you know, I'm just a sinner, Pastor Bob. You know, I mean, what do you expect? We're all sinners, right? I, I'm about ready to puke that out of my, my, my um, nose. Because that's not what the Scripture teaches. When the Apostle Paul said that he was the chief of sinners, you l- read it closely in 1 Timothy 1 and 12. <clears throat> he said, um, in verse 15, he said, This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. <clears throat> but if you read that carefully, the verses around it, he was talking about who he was, not who he is. He said that and he said that God has enabled me. He counted me faithful. He put me in the ministry. Before he said I was a blasphemer, persecutor, injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. He's not still doing it. You see, uh, don't be so negative. You know, don't don't be so negative. You know, yeah, Pastor Bob, you know, I've battled drug addiction. You know, I, I just battle drug addiction. You know, I just can't help it. I mean, I, I do good for a while. Then, you know, then I go on a binge for three months. And, you know, I hear I'm back again at the church. Well, thank God you're back again at the church. But don't quit talking like that. I battle drug addiction. Why don't say why don't you say I battled drug addiction? Not anymore. I won. <laughs> you see, this reality of this religious idea that you cannot live righteously in Jesus Christ is a lie. But to some people it's true because they believe it's true. See, that's why I said everything I said, and I hope you've hung on. I'm not telling you that your reality, just because you believe it, is going to get you by on Judgment Day. It won't. It's God's reality that we've got to tie into. You see, this what I'm speaking about here today, if you if you know your Bible, and some of you listening don't know your Bible, and I understand that, but... When these ten spies came back out of the twelve and said, we can't do this, that was true to them. They believed that. We can't do this. We're afraid. We can't do this. These are big people. Uh, We can't do this. But was that God's reality? Like, what were God's thoughts about the promised land? He believed, he knew they could do it because he was going to help them. To take that land. You see, it doesn't matter what your reality is and what my reality is, what my perception is, what your perception is. What does God think about us? What are God's thoughts towards you? And could I tonight try to change your reality by telling you that God has thoughts towards you 
of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know, let's make this our reality. You know, <clears throat> that that God is on your side. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to come to him in repentance and ask for forgiveness. He wants you to become one of his saints. And these saints are not just, you know, 30 or 40 different dead people that they made statues out of. When the Bible uses the word saints, it's talking about believers that are living victoriously for God, living righteously, consistently, faithfully. These are saints. God can count on them. The church can count on them. Their families can count on them. They're they're solid. They're steady. And see, God, (coughs) I want you to understand that God thinks about you. The psalmist said in Psalm 40 and 5, And thy thoughts which are to us word, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. The Living Bible says your plans for us are too numerous to list. This, this, you know, I want you to know that God has plans for you. He's got plans for me. And we have a free will, and that doesn't mean God's plans will come true if we won't be part of the plan. But let God's thoughts towards you become your reality. Like, let's make this our reality, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is a foundational scripture for me. If somebody says, Pastor Bob, I've committed the unpardonable sin. I, I'll take, tell them, hey, God is not willing that any should perish. Like, in the book of Ezekiel, God says, do you think I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked? God says, no, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Like, I have pleasure if they turn and repent. That's when I have pleasure. That's his plan. See, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of love. And he is for you. You see, he's for you taking your promised land. You know, don't talk yourself out of succeeding with God. You know, Pastor Bob, we just are so much losers, we can't do this, you know. I mean, it might have worked for you, but, you know, I just can't, you know, I just can't overcome, can't, I can't quit being a drug addict. I gotta, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I'm like, no, <clears throat> no, that's, that's, I know that's not true. There, there isn't, uh, you know, you Calvinists out there, I mean, read your Bible again. You know, God did not predestinate people to hell when he desires everybody to be saved. That doesn't even make sense. God desires everyone to be saved. Now, everybody's not going to be saved because he'll let you have it your way, whatever you want. Like, he's not going to make you go to heaven. Oh, boy. You know, I did, I'm not going to get to read all these texts. I've got some good texts here. Um, 
Yeah, you know, Brother Chuppy, I'm going to read this. Sad part is about the grasshoppers, is their perception was a lack of confidence in God. Exactly. You know, if you're a grasshopper, and you're coming up against a giant, but you've got God on your side, if you're a little boy named David, just a teenager, coming up against a seasoned warrior that's possibly nine to nine and a half feet tall, a monstrous man, a freak of nature named Goliath. You know, Goliath was the brave one out there. David had God on his side. Exactly. You know, David, David said it. You know, he said, you come against me with a sword, a spear, and a shield. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts and, the, and of the God of Israel. And, and, and today... You are going down, Goliath. You know why? Because David knew his God. Oh, boy, I'm out of time. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, I didn't quite get everything done, but I think maybe enough. Our next service is Tuesday night in Beach at 730 at the Beach Community Center. Wednesday night in Dickinson at 501 Elks Drive. That's the home church here. Um you know, come early for prayer if you want to at 7. We have uh, Thursday night in Bowman, right on 18 North Main in Bowman. And on Friday morning, there's a men's Bible study at 6 a.m. at our church, 501 Elks Drive. Open to any of any man that wants to come. And usually there's coffee there and something to eat. And I'm not making any promises, but we've never went without. So, you know, I'm just saying it's not possible. It's possible that... We'll probably have always have coffee. On Sunday, our services in Dickinson, Sunday school at 10, worship service at 11. And then this Sunday, we have a church meal after church. We call it Friendship Sunday. We want to extend a invitation to you, to your family, to come and eat with us, come to church and eat with us afterwards. That's our, our desire. And then also Sunday's, in Bowman at 10.30, they have a church service. Lord Jesus, tonight, I just thank you for your word. God, I pray that we can just take some of these uh, false ideas out of people's minds tonight. Lord, there's many things we don't know the answer to, but we do know what your word says, and we put our trust in you and our faith in you. And God, I just pray that you'll help each one that's listening tonight to believe that you are on their side, that you want them in your kingdom, and that you'll help them if they'll just make the first move or make a move towards you. We just pray tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. I'll look at these texts. There's a lot of different texts here that um, came in. Lord willing, I'll be back next Sunday night for another Tell It Like It Is radio show, 806 Mountain Time. God bless, folks. Was, Good Lord night. is now a place you fill. And I'm thankful for the faith you placed in me. And that you are almighty. Because when I'm weak, then I am made strong. I'm thankful for the blood you shed for me. When you died on Calvary. Because when I'm baptized, it removes all my wrong. I'm thankful.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.